At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. Hmm. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read that, that what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this mm. means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, man. Uh, there's so much in this. Uh, this The idea of the Sabbath, uh, how how... What Jesus said, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. Of course, he's mm. talking about himself, the realization of his presence no longer. Uh, the temple is no longer fulfilling mm. what it had, had yes. the role it had fulfilled for millennia. Uh, oh, man. So there's so much here where we particularly want to zero in on Sabbath and what rest means mm. for the Christian couple. Okay. Yeah. For the Christian life, yes, but how, how that works itself out yeah. uh, in our marriages and in our families, uh, it's been monumental for us yes. in terms of fig- figuring out rhythms of rest and finding true rest in Christ. So we are going to talk about marriage today, but specifically around uh, getting agreement and unity on rest, margin, and the Sabbath. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. open this episode with uh, a lengthy reading of Matthew 12. Okay, the title of that chapter is Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, and again, the profound nature of what he is saying is so we won't be able to cover that, right? A, because I feel like it's a topic that I can understand so much more. Yeah. But we are trying to, I guess, impress upon ourselves, impress upon you, our listeners, uh, the weight of and the beauty of what Jesus was saying when he said, uh, when he said that in in the law, how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless. I tell you something greater than the temple is here. Mm. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So, good. so that is a profound statement by Christ. And frankly, especially in the Book of Matthew, that that uh, his railing against the temple. And his uh, boldness against things like the Sabbath were the catalysts that were, were the, the things that actually brought about his crucifixion. I mean, mm. obviously, he, he was sovereign over that and knew where he was headed from day one. But those are those are the big hooks that we can kind yes. of look back at and hang our hats on in terms of uh, timelines of things and the how monumental it was mm. for those things to happen at the times that they did and how they unfolded. Like they were not just random conversations. Yeah. They were very like prophetic and they were intentional and there's a mm-hmm. lot of um, power behind it, which we'll explore. And I think, you know, we kind of began this topic of, 
of rest and everything because we were we're feeling some of the holidays. We don't want to date this um, episode as far as like that goes, but the the it's busyness it's kind of yeah. Of year. It's, there's yeah. this season of busyness that tends to encroach upon us, and then mm. you know the next year hits, and we're all just like trying to regroup from what happened. And I think my own personal goal in my heart, I guess, is just to not let that wave overtake me in the wrong way so i don't want to be picking up the pieces of like right. brokenness in our communication lack of intimacy our finances have gone to wherever because we just have spent 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 because of whatever reasons right yeah. but, but really how are we continuing to subscribe to this idea of rest how are we anchoring ourselves yeah. in it and understanding that so yeah just to kind of set that Here's the post. Here's the signpost. Here's where we're going. Yeah. And our hope in that and processing that is to uh, free you up, listener, to have those conversations in your own home and to really get comfortable with creating rest, uh, rhythms of rest. And and we use the word margin a lot, which will kind of define that more clearly. But we hope that you take away from that this this desire and this drive and this freedom to really flesh this out in your own marriage. So uh, before we do that, uh, if you haven't yet and you've enjoyed the Fierce Marriage Podcast, please do head over to iTunes and leave a... Is that even a thing? Go to the podcast app. (laughs) iTunes, I think, was was decommissioned. Uh, Go to the podcast app, leave a rating and a review. It would mean the world to us, and it would be just a quick way to say thank you if this has helped you. Uh, and if you want to go even further, we actually have a thriving, I'm thankful to say, a yeah. thriving Patreon community. Lots of people have hopped on board recently. Thank you to all our new patrons. You can't, we can't tell you how encouraging that is to yeah. us, but we do early releases there. We do free product giveaways there. We do, we're actually going to start doing some live, uh, Q and A Zoom sessions there, even just hang out Zoom sessions there, um, once, once a month or so. That's all just for our patrons, uh, but really the the purpose of it is to lock arms with you on mission, not just to give you free stuff. Although we're happy to do that, so if you feel like if you feel a burden from God to be on mission with us, please go to Patreon.com/slash/FierceMarriage, and our mission is this: to point couples to Christ and commission them for the gospel. We truly do see ourselves as a uh, what like a, a, a gospel centered ministry that happens to have marriage as the felt need, <laughs> right? So anyway, yes. hop over there. We would love to meet you in Patreon. Okay. there And there are links in the show notes and everything. Yes. Okay. So Selena mentioned it early on, but we, okay, we're, we're kind of staring down the barrel of a gun right now. I feel like <laughs> looking at the holidays. Yeah. Because every year, every year it creates this, uh, and some of that's natural. Okay. But every year it creates this tension Yeah. in our home because I don't, I don't know the exact count, but I feel like there's years where we have, we celebrate, and I'm not exaggerating, five different Christmases. Well, because, you know, you got to go to so-and-so's house. You got to go to other person's house, blah, blah, blah. Well, you have, we have your mom and, and your brother, and we celebrate with them, and then we have our ha- Christmas, and then we have my parents, and then we have your mom's side of your extended family, and then your dad's side of your extended yeah. family, <laughs> right? And that could be, that's Yeah, five. and that's not even your ex- extended side of the family. We don't even hardly see them, yeah, which and- is crazy, but we can, yeah, so we, we feel these burdens in different ways, right? So it could be the holidays, it could be a new baby, it could be a new job, it could just be a project at a job, whatever the, the pressure is, um, for us, we just we feel awkwardness and pressure in yeah. in different ways. So, for me, I kind of feel like I need to like give more. You know, whether that's preparing food or doing activities with kids or doing gifts or 
you know, going above and beyond. And Ryan's just like, this is awkward and weird. I don't want to do any of this. I always feel so weird buying gifts for people that I haven't seen. I know. And in it's a it's, whole year. It's like, well, I don't I, even know what you like. But, and, and you don't know what I, that's not, let's we not don't do know this. Each other let's not well. pretend that we're buying stuff. It's right. just an obligation. It's and that's tr- why yes, I think I get it. It's kind of a weird traditional obligation. But um, looking at kind of the deeper issues that are at work there, right? We, we watched uh, the Bible Project this last Sunday with the kids talking about Sabbath or Shabbat. We, were, we have colds running through the house right yes, now. And so we, so we stayed home. Staying home, watching church, watching, you know, having church at home with the kiddos. Excuse me. I was teaching church. And I used <laughs> this video as an illustration. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yes. You were leading our home. No, I was very grateful for that because we've had Sundays where it's been a little willy-nilly, so this is good. That's been a conviction lately is I need to be clear and convicted in, in how I lead our family when we have Bible study time. So, yes. So yeah. this, uh, it was so timely that we you brought up the Sabbath, and we can put the link in the show notes. It's a five-minute video. It was profound. Definitely go watch it. But some of the things that brought up this conversation about the Sabbath is understanding it um, – you know, from a biblical concept, we also, you know, you get words like sabbatical and there's, there's kind of all these modern conversations right. that happen right. around what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's really, it's debated even in the Christian world, uh, what it is, what's the purpose of it and all of that. So, um, we hope and like this video kind of their big takeaway, their fundamental question they want to ask is what did the biblical authors in their own ancient culture context mean by Mm. describing, you know, the origins of the cosmos in a seven day sequence. And and what does that mean? Old Testament rest, New Testament rest, like Jesus and putting all those big pieces together because there's some transformative uh, gospel truth in this. Yeah. Um, It's it's profound. Uh, uh, Yeah. So this uh, anyway, keep going. It's just worth mentioning, like the seventh day, you know, there's there's these seven day themes throughout scriptures. The number seven is spelled with the same letters as the Hebrew word complete or full. Like it's an image of complete goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the Jewish calendar, the sacred space of the tabernacle and the temple. And um, this is why, you know, there was uh, a recognition, right, of God Mm -hmm. rescuing his people out of darkness and death. And so there's Jewish holidays. Um, that they celebrate. There's the seventh day of rest, the Sabbath mm. every week, right? And then there was, um, what was the one? The year of Jubilee. Uh, That's like the seven times seventh year. So right. it's like every 49th year. Right. And yeah. s- but which is something we have to take note of when we talk about the coming of Jesus and mm-hmm. him being the Lord of the Sabbath and when he came. So it does, okay, a little sidebar here, and uh, we have to talk about the law. Yes. Okay, so the Sabbath... Um, is one of the Ten Commandments is observing the Sabbath. And so the question then is, okay, Sabbath again, the day of rest, the day, here's, I'm just going to read it. It's uh, Exodus 20, which are the Ten Commandments happen. Verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, the seventh day is the Sabbath to, to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who's within your gates. Why? So this is a really long chunk of text within the middle of the, the Ten, Ten Commandments. So this yeah. is pretty important. They're pretty much listed out, but this one is this a one is a, it's or blowing so. up. Yeah, and it says, uh, "For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and made it holy." Mm. Okay, so it's it's a big deal. Is what we need to glean from this is that for Israel, 
This is again the Ten Commandments on Sinai. They're in the wilderness. They're they're God is graciously giving them His decree, His law. Right. Okay. Well, they're kind of reset because they're out from Egypt. Right. He's giving them. A, yeah. They're just this yeah. group of people. He's revealing to them his governing. his will yes. for them. Yes. And that so so often in Christian circles we see kind of law and grace as as in opposition, and I think the better view is law as grace. Mm. That that the fact that we know God's law is a grace of God. Mm. Okay, we don't. Okay, and here's the here's the distinction to be made, especially in light of Christ. We don't perform the law. We can't a, but we also don't perform the law to win our own righteousness, to right. buy our own righteousness or our own uh, salvation. I should say, right. uh, Christ bought that on the cross. Now we get to look at the law as even still as a grace. Yes. And we get to delight in the law, as the psalmist says. We delight in God's will, God's way. Okay, so even within the law, there are, uh, I'm going to use, uh, okay, some like theological hermeneutical categories. Okay, so you have the civil law, you have the moral law, and we have also the ceremonial law. And so that the question of where this, where the Sabbath falls in there, okay, things like ceremonial law are like, don't, don't mix fibers. Uh, well, that was more ceremonial. Obviously, we don't observe that law today. So that was specifically for the people of God, but it was also meant to point us to the final, the finished work in Christ, right? And so that's what ceremonial laws typically do. Civil laws are for a specific moment in Israel's history. Things like uh, one of my professors was talking about how they uh, dealt with the Canaanites, right? Mm. So the the people in the, in the desert were instructed to deal with the Canaanites a certain way, whereas Abraham was instructed another way to deal with the Canaanites. Mm. So that was a civil law. In other words, God's word for that moment or God's uh, law for that people in that moment. And then moral law is a transcendent thing. It's not in that it applies to all of God's people for all of time in all contexts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's an important distinction to make. Uh, it's been said that the Sabbath kind of falls in all three of those mm. on some level. And that's what yeah. you're saying about the ceremonial stuff, the, yeah. the year of Jubilee, um, all these different things. Uh, morally speaking, it is still, it, it can still bear its weight on the Christian conscience. Yeah. Not in the same way, right? We don't observe the Sabbath in the same way Israel did in the Old Testament because Christ fulfilled the Sabbath. That meant ceremonial law, the Sabbath. Now we look forward to what Christ said. What did he say? He says, I am the Lord. The son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He's the fulfillment of it. Right after that, he said, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. He's talking about, he's brought the kingdom to the doorstep through Mm -hmm. his presence, through Mm -hmm. his, through his finished work on the cross. We no longer need the temple to commune with God to, it's not, we no longer need this, need this in between of the temple between heaven and earth. We now have Christ and his finished work and we have the Holy Spirit. Right. So in the same way, the Sabbath is satisfied. But I want to look at the the moral component of that because we are still, we we there is still this universal. Uh, it's applicable for God's people in every context for all time that you need rest. Yes. Not only do we need rest. Okay, well, we sleep a third of our lives, right? So there's this rhythm already hardwired into us. Uh, the planet gets rest, you know, and through the seasons that happen. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why Israel um, was called to Sabbath back in the day. Um, but we also need the rest to keep our hearts soft. Mm. Okay. I want to read from um, Hebrews 3. I don't have it up. Give me one second. Hebrews 3. Um, Hebrews 3 and 4. 
So this is, it's a long passage, so I'm going to try to paraphrase it here. I'm starting to start in verse 12. So Hebrews 3, 12, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Okay. That's a pretty bold warning. Don't fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Um, as, it is, as, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Okay, so he's talking about um, hearing God's voice and listening and heeding what he says. Mm-hmm. And the alternative to that is hardening our hearts. Okay, so he goes on to talk about the Sabbath. Says, Therefore, this is uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Excuse me, I'm going to go back to chapter 3, verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Hebrews. Now, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. It goes on and on and on, but it goes all the way to the popular verses uh, in the Chapter 4, verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may befall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay, so what does that have to do with rest? He's saying they didn't enter into rest because they had hardened hearts because they weren't. Uh, they, they, he's talking about Israel. Word, yeah. He's talking about Israel wandering in the desert for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Rest has always been the promise. Yeah. Is that if you if if you obey me, God, right? If right. God says if you obey me, you will enter my rest. Mm-hmm. That's what Sabbath, that's what Sabbath points them to. Right? Is that that forward promise? It's coming. Right. That rest will be here. Now, the author of Hebrews is pointing us back to that and saying, "Don't harden your heart the same way they did in the desert." Now, when we say enter into the rest of Christ. So now Christ yeah. is the fulfillment of the Sabbath, but now we are called to now, instead of looking forward to this thing that has yet to come, we now, as modern believers, look back to the finished work of Christ on the cross and we rest. Mm-hmm. We rest knowing that that is the starting point of, and that is where our life begins, both here and now, but also it, it stretches on into the future. Mm-hmm. So, and a fun fact that we, we were talking about is how, uh, how disruptive uh, when Christ came, how disruptive it was even to the Sabbath observance, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be at the end of the week because it was a symbol of resting at the end of a long work. So you're looking forward to a rest that had yet to come. And now they switched it from Saturday now to Sunday to where now it's the beginning of our week because it's the starting point of the Christian life, this point of rest in Christ and how it is the, it's, it's where our rest roots take place, if you will. And then the flowering happens. Right. Well, it's parallel to his, to the crucifixion. Like mm. he, when he, it yeah. talks he did, about yeah. how, when he is the Lord of the Sabbath, right? He, not when, but he is, he, he, his, he launched his public mission on the Sabbath, you know, mm. announcing that the ultimate year of Jubilee was beginning through him. Mm. He also, um, he timed his conflict with Jerusalem's leaders, right? To take place during Passover, a seven day Jewish festival. Yes. And then he was executed and placed in a tomb, where his body lay during the Sabbath. And when Jesus raised from the dead, it was the first day of a new week. How profound is that? That is a new creation right. pattern of seven is what. Yes. So all of this to say that, yes, we're not bound to observe the Sabbath in the same 
uh, ceremonial way that Israel was bound to observe it. But I, we're making a case right now for the moral imperative that is the observance of the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. And now, does that mean we can't turn on light switches and we can't start fires and we can't plow the field? That's not, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. That means that there is this sense in the believer's heart that my source of security, my source of salvation, my source of anything good in this life mm. is from God alone. Right. And that I will rest to remember and celebrate that. Right. And and that happens to be on a Sunday when we celebrate with believers. It's not something we do alone, but we do it together with other believers. We study God's word. We in our house in our household we try to have a really nice meal. I mean relatively really nice. Right, right. And so it's and that's fairly recent for us, by the way. It's not something that we've had figured out for years. <laughs> Right. Um, so there's it's, this it's important when we were reading through Hebrews three and four, and I think you said it, but I want to make sure that we highlight it a bit that we see this correlation between a lack of rest and disobedience. Mm. So, wow, I think that there's there, you know, with rest, we, we have peace. Can we have peace outside of rest? Yes. Like that. That's not necessarily the mm. indicator of disobedience. If we're not having rest, if we are not able to let go of the plow right sit here open-handed there there's there's some disobedience Mm. that's that's happening where are our hearts being where are we ignoring scripture uh scripture's instructions and authority when it comes to rest where is our disobedience happening you know asking the holy spirit to transform it to transform our hearts and to make those areas of our hearts known to us so that we can begin walking in obedience. Hmm. Um, but that was kind of a revelation for us. And maybe everyone else knows that because they're super smart and everything hmm. like that. But just kidding. Um, yeah. So, so the takeaway there is, okay, we feel we are, we're hardwired in a sense to, to rest daily. Yes. Uh, we need rest and we, everybody <laughs> would a- acknowledge that, but the there's flesh, a spiritual yeah. component to this that is very much a, uh, a, a, a obedient decision. Yeah. Like I don't have, there's the flesh part. I think that is like, I don't need to rest. Like I feel fine. Like we're good. I know that I love Plus, Jesus. I have all this laundry to do. And, and not, have, not that you can't do laundry no, on Sunday, it's, but the point we're making is there is a heart orientation. There. Yes. Are we stopping? Are we acknowledging? And not just are we, but are, is obedience the thing that we are engaging in, right? Not just can we, or should we, but are we being obedient is mm. I think where it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, okay. So we've hopefully laid at least started to lay the groundwork for this idea of Sabbath as being important yes. to the modern there Christian life. Books and books and videos and all now, the things. Again, I want to be clear. This is not a legalistic thing. It's a thing we do because of the, the goodness we receive in Christ and right. it's observing God's uh, sovereignty and grace one day a week and taking the day to to do that and to abstain from certain things uh, in the name of rest in the name of resting not just vegging out in front of a TV but resting active rest in God's goodness and grace (laughs) active rest (laughs) that's interesting active rest well that's a weightlifting thing right if you're if you're if you're doing a weightlifting program they're going to say do active rest and that means don't sit on your your butt it means go out and go for a walk just don't lift heavy sure like enjoy your life, yeah. so to speak. Okay, so we started talking about margin. We've talked about Sabbath, which effectively is, in a sense, margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's creating extra space every week, one-seventh. I, don't, I haven't done the math, but what is one-seventh? It's probably like 15, 17% or something of our, of our week. Okay. Okay? So, You're way better at math. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just For spitballing now. here. It's probably way <laughs> off. Point, the point being, so if we were to create 17% margin... <laughs> 
all, in every area of our lives, mm. what would that look like? Right. I'm going to do the math now because I'm a little bit like, I want to just know what it is. <laughs> all right. So there's uh, what one divided by seven. That's easy enough. 14.3%. 14.3% nice. of your life. What if we created that much margin? Hmm. Okay. Margin around. Okay. Marriage podcast. Let's, let's get into the marriage stuff. <laughs> margin around your communication. Yeah. And what does margin and communication look like? Yeah. Meaning that you're, you actually have time together. Yeah. All of this is going to be time related in some way. Well, you have energy to engage one another. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, ideally we're working to this, we're working to these, to be consistent and to be regular in these rhythms of margin and white space. Um, there are busier seasons and I think just identifying those is, is the first step. And also, um, just disseminating any lies that might be creating pressure on you like unduly pressure that is not from the lord right there's there's just not Hmm. i think we just i just want to say that i just want to put that out there that there's seasons of of some like tension and things that you kind of have to just grow in like there's this Hmm. holy tension and there's growth happening um but around those seasons we should be able to engage in these rhythms of rest so that we kind of have like a a default line not or a plumb line maybe is better more yeah, yeah. Articulative. Here, we know that these are healthy ways in which we rest and we can mm. then better communicate to each other, right? I yeah. I don't communicate well as a wife when I have so much going on and I feel too much pressure in my heart and yeah. my mind. And and those expectations come from myself. They're projected typically, you know, I I see someone and I think they're thinking this about me, so I need to like, you know, Com- not compensate is that what the word sure compensate for that for that like there's all these kind of and the lord is is gracious in alleviating me from that and cre- and showing me where my identity rests right but when i when i'm not engaged in you know his word or i'm not creating we we are not having that margin for our marriage for mm-hmm. our time for our connection then i'm my heart's going to be hard and there's stuff just going to be flying everywhere and it's yeah. not going to be a place of rest, not becoming yeah. a place of rest. Think of any time you've had a really bad marriage fight or any time yeah. we've had a fight. It's It's been because we were just at our wits end <laughs> because there's no margin because we're, yeah. we are fighting each other in other ways other than verbally. We're fighting yeah. for time. Um, and I read a book a while back called Essentialism. Um, and it's, it's just about, it's basically like finding out the, the most important thing that you can do to contribute in your, whether, whether that's family, whether that's work, whether that's even church. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but one of the, um, one of the big takeaways he said was by having an essentialist view, which he's saying great rate everything from like one to a hundred. Right. And then mm. take everything that is under like 95 and just get rid of it. Okay. Anything that's under a 95, just get rid of it. Oh, wow. And obviously there's some stuff, and he, you have to go through the book to know sure. what that means. But he said what happens is you get people that are good performers in their job, and because they can't say no, people go to them. And what happens is they say yes to things that they really don't have the margin to, to do or do well. So either the project fails, doesn't get done, or it's done poorly. And so what happens is that person ends up being it's like a double-edged sword, right? right? They end up feeling terrible, but then the project is actually terrible as well. And so what happened with one story he shares is somebody said they, they became really clear on this is what I'm, I'm going to contribute with. I'm going to say no to everything else. And so he started saying no to his superiors. And they were like, 
hey, you know, Jim always does this. So just give it to Jim. And he said, I'm sorry, but I, I'd love to do that. And I don't think I can do it well. So I would have to say no. And they were, of course, they were miffed and frustrated. <laughs> and then what happened was, is over weeks and months, people started really respecting the work that he was doing and started the opposite effect happened. Mm. He was flourishing and now people were honoring those, those boundaries. Mm. And so often we don't, we don't, we, we fear the opposite will happen. That if we say no to something, someone will be offended mm. and then they won't like us. This, I'm thinking about family now. No, yeah, no, I, everything you're saying, I'm for sure. And I think when we are beginning that process, right, people around us are going to be miffed if it's something, if it's a new rhythm that we're trying to establish, they're going to be like, huh? But over time, right, the people that, like our family members, they'll either respect mm. it or they won't, and that's fine. We can't control how they yeah. respond, but we can control what space and time the Lord has given us within mm-hmm. our marriage. And we have to, we can boldly explain and not be rude about it, but like, hey, we just can't make it. We need time for our family, and that's important. Or we, Ryan and I have not been able to connect this week. I would love to make it to your, you know, dinner or whatever, but we just, we really need this extra time this week. And those are, sometimes those are hard conversations, but again, more often than not, people respect the no, and they also begin to, I think, embrace it in their own lives. I've, I've embraced that from other friends that have just been so bold in their reasonings. And I, I don't question it and I respect it and I support it. And it's wonderful. Uh, Because bottom line is if you, if, if we don't say no to things everything will will fill in the spare space in our lives uh another really potent example from the book he talks about somebody going into a a bookstore and it's you know one of the world's biggest bookstores marriage book yeah totally totally, (laughs) he was talking about you know see-through marriage marriage. it was the one he was trying to find (laughs) and he goes in there and it's one of these bookstores that has millions of books and it's it's so kind of ridiculous in that regard they have books that are stacked in a way that become bookshelves for other books nice and so he was marveling at this and he said he hit something he hit a, a realization point and the realization was this i will never be able to read everything in this store hmm. so i i can i will have to cure out to choose hmm. i'll have to choose something that i can put in front of my face and i can i can take it in in a quality way and so it that that was just such an epiphany because in life we do the same thing. We just will take anything that comes at us and say, "This is my life." Well, especially forgetting now. that if we don't curate our lives in yeah. this way, that we are in in a sense, okay, Hebrews, Hebrews, uh, <laughs> Hebrews four, four eleven. Yeah. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience, which he's talking about a hardness of heart. And a fear. They knew what they were talking for, about. And this is verse eight. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of any other day, of another day later on. So then, there remains the Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Uh, think about Joshua's role. Right, he was the one who was leading the conquest into the promised land. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that stopped that? It was fear. Before, you know, before the, the conquest really gets steam yeah. is they were afraid, but they went in and saw. And so we will disobey because of fear. We'll disobey because pride. of pride. Our hearts have been hardened. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think, how can we enter into Sabbath rest, striving to enter that rest yeah. with our day-to-day lives? So striving to enter that rest could either look like humility and or it could look like courage right brave and it's a yes fearlessness i guess yes and it's a reminder to us and here's the the function of it it's not just so you can sleep better or it's the function of it is to point us to christ yeah remember what we said early on is that we rest now we remember the first day of the week we look 
we stand here now looking back in history at the mm. finished work of Christ and the hope that it gives us if we look forward into eternity. Right. That's what Sabbath does. It calibrates us. Yeah. It says this matters, this doesn't. Mm. So I have to strive to enter because my flesh wants to stay out of it. Right. My flesh wants to work. My flesh wants to take on every commitment that comes at me. And because of that, we, we wonder why we don't have rest when we, when we refuse we to wonder, enter into it. Well, we wonder why we can't be intimate with our spouse on some level, or we wonder why we're stressed out about our finances, mm. or we can't communicate well because we're just operating at this tip-top mode that's just stretched all across every which way, mm. and we are not engaging in the rest that God has commanded us to and instructed yeah. us to enter into and to engage with. So, you know, as a married couple listening to this, I'm imagining you're probably already like going through your stressors, right? You're, you're, we have a whole episode on stress and anxiety and how stress is kind of that external factor that creates the internal anxiety. Yep. Um, go back and check that out. But what are the, what are the things that are in, in your way? What are those objects that are keeping you from entering that rest? And yeah. as a couple, we need to be in the word asking the Holy Spirit to help us discern through this. How are we striving? Are we striving? Is, is there pride around this issue or are we fearful? What and identifying why are we why would we be fearful? What what is the fear source here? Hmm. That I won't be able to make ends meet, that we we have no way of really connecting, but I guess I'm just going to like go for it in terms of intimacy, but I don't have any margin and I don't really want to do this. And, you know, how are we, how are we going to respond and how are we going to identify the factors that are keeping us from entering this rest? Hmm. So, so we're, you're asking listeners if they, what are, what are those pain points? What are the stressors? Yeah. And then how can you draw boundaries around each, yes. each stressful area Yes. in the name of rest? I find, I think it's funny the author of Hebrews is talking about Joshua, which was all about his conquest. There's more to it, but he was all about his, it's all about his conquest into the promised land, mm -hmm. leading the people of God. Uh, and his whole, the whole thing that people quote is like, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Like him kind of drawing lines in the sand yeah, and then entering in kind of battling for that, mm. which was that, which was rightfully theirs theirs and god had given them god yeah. had given them but they had yet to kind of fight into it yeah and the Taking promise it. was still yeah. there they had yet to, to yeah they had yet to walk and the fighting was abs absurd by the way they would have they should have never won yeah and so they're walking in faith fighting battles in faith and whenever there's a battle that doesn't go their way joshua is a good enough leader to say it's not because we don't have enough men it's because we're in disobedience and he would oh, right the man. wrong yeah and then they would enter into the same battle and they could have went, won the same battle with t with two hands tied behind their backs right because god was with them right and so i find it funny that we're talking about boundaries now I'm not trying to make too close of a correlation <laughs> here but we're talking about boundaries now and here we're talking about joshua fighting his way into the boundaries of the promised land and the correlation between disobedience and a lack of rest and how the disobedience of Israel led to their lack of rest and promised land is rest. But in Christ, we now have the promise of eternal rest mm -hmm. that's already bought and paid for. And we just need to do what we need to fight into it. Oh, so good. We need to strive into it, strive yeah. to enter that rest as Hebrews four eleven tells us. So 
boundaries, striving to enter it, drawing boundaries. What about so let's let's just spend the next five, ten minutes talking through drawing boundaries around these various areas. Okay, so communication. I want to talk about uh finances, especially in light of the holidays, but in general, uh intimacy and uh like stress levels. Yeah. So just really practically like priorities, speaking. Priorities, I would I would probably say that. I would say priorities. Okay. Priorities instead of stress levels. Stress levels go with all of it, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I think as with most things like this, we always like to start with an audit, okay, where you, yeah. you, you, you sit down, you give yourself enough time, and you start asking questions about where you are today. Where mm-hmm. are we today? What's mm-hmm. the health of our marriage? Mm-hmm. What does our typical schedule rhythms look like? Where is the health of our parenting and our agreement in that sphere? Where is the health of our intimacy? Yeah. Okay. This is not going to be a quick conversation. Well, and these are, again, questions that we need to ask before the busy seasons, not in the midst of them. Good. That's and good. And not in the 11th hour. Learn those ones. Still learning mm. those. Um, just a little tidbit of advice there. <laughs> yeah. 17 years in. We're in our 18th year of marriage now, which... hey uh So having those conversations, auditing where you're at currently, and that means asking... Um, asking hard questions. Yeah. Are you satisfied with uh, how I've been communicating with you? Hmm. Why or why not? Yeah. Do you feel, have you felt loved and respected <clears throat> in how I talk to you or how we engage with each other? And hmm. what about when we argue? How can I honor you and love you yeah. when we're working, we're fighting these things out and sharpening each other? And here's some, do you feel honored <clears throat> and loved in our sex life? Hmm. Do you feel honored and loved by me? when we are being intimate Hmm. why or why not are you do you feel honored and loved with how i approach you when it's time to be intimate right okay and okay so a lot of you think well what does that have to do with margin well if we're both tired okay it's been five days since we've since we've been intimate and we're both tired and no one's saying anything to anyone about it and it's 10 o'clock at night yeah everybody's tired connection that's not the opportunity that's not the best way to honor and love each other in that because you're going to be there's going to be it's going to be sexually charged yeah. and you're going to be tired and there's going to be some emotions and some probably some words said and some things done that you're going to regret. Right. Well, and one of the better things that you could maybe do in those instances is just acknowledge the moment that you're in with each other. Mm. I love you. I know this has been a rough week. We've not connected. Let's make time for this tomorrow or let's, this has to be a priority because yeah, we just need, we're married. Yeah. We need to. Yeah. God yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Intimacy is important and we've talked about that a good amount but yeah and so you're prioritizing it you're drawing a boundary around this this area of right. your marriage saying how can we enter into rest in this how can we strive mm-hmm. to enter rest in our intimate life <laughs> Such an interesting statement strive to enter rest like strive It is very it's counter But we have to fight for it right otherwise there's there's distractions there's mm-hmm. hobbies there's Everything will soak up your time and you are not, it's never like I have this extra time. No, your time is consistently ticking away. And I'm so consist- and I'm consistently shocked by what you all listeners are living your lives doing, not in a bad way, but like we have listeners that are like doctors and surgeons yeah. and uh, people that are business owners and people that just maybe have seven kids and they're raising them <laughs> faithfully or they, they, you all have busy lives is what right. we're trying to say is right. that this will never happen by default. Yes. We have to strive to enter the rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of mm. disobedience. Mm. Strive to enter rest. So <laughs> we talked about intimacy, finances. Um, 
what okay how do we draw boundaries and how do we strive to enter rest right uh in our finances um i think that's it's really easy for us to have an identity crisis in terms of when it comes to our finances right you know we're always it's easy for our eyes to kind of wander and to look around either social media or to our neighbors or whatever and again understanding i think god's word god's instruction god's mm-hmm. authority on the usefulness of finances and what they're for and how you know they're not our god we don't right we don't treat them we don't treat money like a god but we realize that he is the one that gives you know the seed to the sower he's our provider he is he gives us what we need when mm. we need it the overcompensation on our our part is I feel like a function of a lack of rest. Okay, so what creates the overcompensation? Uh, I think comparison. Right. So we live we 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 live in an area or in a country wherever you are. Most of the listeners are in the United States or South Africa. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's I think the that's second. Awesome. <laughs> so welcome, South Africans. Uh, but there's this sense that I have to keep up with my neighbors, yeah. keep up with my friend group, keep up with Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media stuff. And so that comparison, you look at your house, and then you look at your friend's house, or you yeah. look at your car, look at your friend's car, and you think, I, for some reason, don't feel good right now. I need to fix this. And Create, so it, yeah, it, creates it can this, suck up our margin yeah. in terms of finances. We overextend ourselves yeah. financially. Uh, we're very debt-laden as a country. Mm. Um, thankfully, I think there's a lot of, there's a movement within the church where debt is less and less common. Yeah. There's a difference happening there. But the point being, uh, our finances are honestly, they're usually a, a, a secondary thing under our priorities. Right. So if we prioritize um, financial gain for the reasons we've just described, or we prioritize uh, our careers and our and status and even power in some cases sure. or whatever that, that thing is, uh, we tend to lose margin in our time, but we also lose margin in our money as we strive to keep up. Yeah. So yeah. we, um, I'll just use a personal example. Yeah. We, uh, we had pretty good jobs, you and I. Yep. We were making at the age of 20, what, 26? Yeah. I feel like we were, we were making more than we make today, <laughs> 10, 12 years later. Right. And, uh, but we had to make a conscious decision that we were going to live by a different kind of set of priorities. Yeah. And the priority, like money was like fourth or fifth down on the list in terms of needs, in terms of its desires, I should say. Is that right? Is that accurate? Today? No, back then. We kind of had to make that decision that we're not going to work for money. We're going to we're going to value things like freedom, being around each other. Right. We're going to value, we're not going to value it, having a nice home over actually being in the home together. Yes, yes, yes. There was and a, so, the Holy Spirit was good. And, and so gracious, we, yeah, he was gracious. To us. And so we moved, uh, we quit our jobs because we felt called uh, to a different state to help. Um, while well, I was going to start a business that tanked by God's grace. I do mean that. He was gracious in not allowing yeah. that to happen. Uh, and we did another business, which kind of has given us the freedom. I did web development for a number of years, living hand to mouth, but all the while saying, this is, this is what we wanted. We, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't want to be beholden to a paycheck. We'd rather trust God in this area. Now, granted, I am beholden to clients or I was <laughs> beholden to clients. So I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing here, but we would, we had to kind of draw those lines and say, we're, we're, we're not going to be, we're not going to just keep our jobs because they pay really well. Yeah, because there's always a cost. Right. There's always a cost, I think, at the higher paying levels. And we just, I couldn't manage that well. That was hard for my heart. So 
Um, yeah. And not to say that you can't do that, listener. No, you you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. You are, yes, yes. And respond yes. to the convictions that He's giving you in real time. Yes. For us, that was something that we had to draw a boundary around that. Because had we not drawn that boundary, we yeah. would have sapped all of our margin yeah. in terms of our time and our ability to do the ministry that we're doing today. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I hope, I hope I didn't. I hope I, I I represented that accurately. It's hard to uh, think about that in real time. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about communication, finances, intimacy, and uh, priorities. So yeah. yeah. I think just looking at, again, striving for rest in these times of celebration or busyness, um, there's always creative ways to kind of integrate um so sometimes I guess if this is helpful, I look at like the list of things I need to do and I wonder how I can kind of piggyback things onto each other, which essentially makes them deeper rather than there's less and we go deeper rather than more spread across the board. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. like I want to, we want to be memorizing scripture with our kids. And so one way we do that is we listen to it through songs and car rides. I want to, um, we want to engage in family worship and discipleship and, and building relationships. So how do we do that? Well, we're intentional about meals. We have t- set times for meals. We have kind of a flow of what those look like. Mm-hmm. We've settled into those rhythms. Yeah. Um, we've ki- you, we have to kind of identify our limits, looking at our weeks, looking at our margin, looking at the rest that we are coming from. And knowing that, you know, it will be zapped, probably. It is usually by the end of the week. But God is so good to give us that day of rest again to remind us that we are not our own, right? We are not our suppliers of all the things that we are supposed to do. But we, he's given us um, stewardship and dominion over this area. So how can we have these home rhythms? How can we have these rhythms that build margin create and keep margin during hmm. these times that can feel like a big wave just crushing us right yeah. so being intentional about yeah. family worship being intentional about bible reading nothing you should never bible reading should never be sacrificed for anything period <laughs> yeah. that's just my yeah. own conviction so i think the takeaway from here for our listeners is you know the areas yeah. that you feel lack margin <laughs> just yeah, being you, stretched you, you know thin, yeah. only you yeah. can know that you and and our encouragement to you yeah. is to give that to God and to look to him as the Lord of the Sabbath, right. as the one who has fulfilled the legal requirements of the Sabbath and then uh, invited us to live in the rest, the restful rhythms and the, the restful kind of intrinsic need that we have for yeah. for the Sabbath, right? So it's hopefully to strive for rest by doing less. <laughs> Oh, it's got some. There we go. <laughs> so, I need to, I'm going to embrace plus. that. That's B, my mantra. Hey. I'll give you a B. All right, Mr. Marketing. Uh, I want to close with one quick uh, just anecdote. When we were living in, in California, where we used to, where we did the, the business thing. It's not glamorous, so, people. We were like in an apartment and. It was the desert. It, it was, was hot. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like yeah. we were just cool California. It was awesome. I mean, I, lo- I liked the, the weather. Fun. But yeah. anyway, I was, I remember it was one evening. I was waiting for. Uh, payment to come in on this website that I just finished for <laughs> yes. somebody and rent was due for us. It was already like two days late. They give you like a three day grace period and it had not come yet. <laughs> See, and I was just like, remember it. <laughs> and I remember we had $75 in our bank account 
and the payment was uh was the final payment on a pretty big project so it wasn't massive but it would have covered our rent and so we were definitely like on the hook for this or we were bait with bated breath we were waiting for this rent check to come in or this payment check to come in and i'm on the deck just kind of contemplating life and thinking God, what in the world is going on? I've been spinning my wheels. Is this you striving or figuring out how to enter rest? <laughs> I was I was way? angry at God. Yeah. You know, in my foolishness. I was angry at God, not cursing God like in the Job sense, right. but like what is the deal? You yeah. said you would provide. You're not providing. Huh. Huh. I'm working my tail off. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm being diligent. I feel like I'm operating uh under a certain level of wisdom. God, what is going on? And I just heard sometimes you just hear the Holy Spirit just kind of just push down on you in a really peace imposing way <laughs> and he goes you are not your provider i am mm. thank you god for your authority <laughs> and that was like a light bulb moment in my life and as a man as a husband as a father i am not my provider god is even though my role is a, as a provider yeah. ultimately god is our provider yeah and that what that did is that allowed me to it reminded me of this rest that i can have in him yeah. and so in the same sense i just want to give you listeners, the freedom and hopefully the reminder right now to strive toward that rest because that is the life of a believer to mm. believe more fully in the finished work of Christ on the cross and rest in it yeah, and strive for rest in it so that our hearts don't become hardened right. toward each other, toward our Well, and there's the freedom aspect of that, right? The yes. freedom. We're not enslaved yes. to this work. We are free to rest because Amen. God is sovereign. So Amen. we are yeah. out of time. Free to rest. So Lord, I thank you for um, this reminder. Mm -hmm. I thank you that you have called us into rest, that you have graciously, um, you've graciously called us and you're insisting that we take you up on it, that we obey you in how we rest and how we turn away from our work, turn away from our, our worldly striving. And instead we strive toward our rest in you. So, Lord, help us to believe that truth. Help us to walk in the reality of uh, that you are the Lord of the Sabbath, that you have you are better than the temple, mm. that you have satisfied the requirements of the law, and you are inviting us to live out the law in light of your grace. Yeah. Lord, I pray that you would help us understand and apply that. I pray for the couples listening to this who are are feeling feeling it. They're feeling uh, like their marriage is in trouble. They're feeling yeah. like their spouse, uh, th they have irreconcilable uh, issues. Mm. I pray that you would give them hope, Holy Spirit. Yeah. That you would point them to people and to passages in your in the word that would uh, set their foot on the path toward reconciliation, toward yeah. health. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, quick reminder. Uh, we would love and we... Uh, we just are so enlivened by those who have partnered with us on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. The reason why I bring it up now is because you guys, I feel like our time, we're in a really special, special is not the word. We're in a really kind <laughs> of tense moment culturally. And who knows how long oh, we'll be able to um, be free to just hearken the message of the gospel and the message of biblical marriage. So if you feel that God is leading you to be on mission with us, we are um, committed to uh, hearkening the gospel mm -hmm. uh, in the marriage and family space for as long as God allows us to do that. We'd love to partner with you. Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage, and it would mean the world. All right. Uh, with that, this episode is... In the can. As usual, we will see you in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. 
For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.